coffee isn't just a drink, it's who you are. We are Little Green Hive, and we're here to serve that perfect cup of coffee made just for you. We're women-owned and locally sourced. Our mission is to provide the best product for our customers, as well as strengthen our community. From fair trade coffees and teas, to breakfast, lunch, and smoothies, we have everything you need to start your day off right. And now serving our spring drinks. Come visit us in downtown Roanoke, Grandin Village, and Daleville Town Center, Little Green Hive, because coffee is personal. Hey everyone, real quick, we just want to thank all of you who voted for Hometown Stories and the Roanoker Magazine's Best of 2023 edition for Best Local Podcast. You, the listeners, awarded us gold. That's awesome. Really. We appreciate each and every download. Did you know you can also rate our show and leave a review? It helps us share the stories of our hometowns with even more people across the country and around the world. After you listen to today's episode, consider leaving us a review, rating the show, and subscribing. Okay, now let's get back to the episode. What can we learn from a little log cabin standing the test of time? Or maybe a few log cabins time has yet to reclaim. The more you learn, the more you want to find out. For Raleigh and Shelby Puckett, I think they would love it. There is much to learn about life, resilience, and family mysteries. We have had more fun doing this and meeting people and finding out these little tidbits. And it's just been a fun experience. We've had a great life. In this episode of Hometown Stories, we bring you the life, the lore, and the legacy of Orlean Puckett, a mountain woman of yesteryear whose memory is being preserved in the stories the community passed on and the generations she welcomed into the world. Around mile marker 189 on the Blue Ridge Parkway in Hillsville, Virginia, there's a wooden cabin that once housed a mountain woman who lived to be 100 years old. We think. Tidbits of family histories and mysteries are dotted throughout these green mountains where Shelby and Raleigh Puckett's families have been born generation after generation, many of them delivered into this world by the hands of a woman they call Aunt Orlean Puckett. This would have been kind of behind the house, and I've always been told that her house was somewhere along in this area here, enough of it that they, to get the road, they had to tear the house down. Shelby Puckett is up on Groundhog Mountain, looking at that wooden cabin. There, she had a spring over there, and they had apple trees along here. This was the last place Orlean Puckett lived before her death in 1939. According to family history, she lived a long life, maybe to 100 years old. No one knew exactly how old she was, even she didn't know. But what she did during that long life has been remembered for generations. And she was just a tough woman, mountain woman that could survive anything, you know. That, she's just a pretty remarkable woman, I think.
Down on the other side of Groundhog Mountain, I meet Shelby and Raleigh at their home. Passing the chicken coop on a long drive, a big barn and several log cabins clustered together come into view. But this is her Sunday bonnet. This is the bonnet that she wore. And this was given to us by the Puckett family. The Puckets give me a tour of the log cabins, most of which were originally up on the mountain and then moved down to their property. This first cabin is small. I mean, smaller than my apartment kitchen small. It's nearly a perfect square with creaky floorboards and photos of family members going back generations. This is another Puckett. This is Elizabeth Puckett. This cabin is where the Puckets believe Orlean Puckett and her husband John lived at the start of their marriage back in the mid-1800s. John was a Civil War veteran and known to drink. Orlean had a better reputation. Some of the stories that were told about her was uh, she was a very kind, generous woman. She, people that would pass her by, uh, you know, she'd just about force them to eat with her. And whatever food she had, she wanted to share with them. And she was just a real people person from what I can gather from it. Raleigh tells me Orlean Puckett married his great-great-uncle. He didn't know about the connection to her until later in life, when stories about Orlean and John came up during family reunions. I was probably 40 years old before I really got interested in it. And uh, the more you learn, the more you want to find out, you know. Orlean Puckett was born Orlean Hawks in Lambsburg, Virginia, which, as the crow flies, is about 15 miles from where we are. As the story goes, Orlean's family Bible burned when she was young. In that time, the family Bible was the record keeper of births and deaths. Believed to be illiterate, she knew neither her birth date or the spelling of her name. As a consequence, records of Orlean's life spell her name in a variety of different ways. All that she knew was that she was born during a green, a.k.a. the summertime. Around age 16, she married John and moved with him to the base of Groundhog Mountain. John Puckett and some of his brothers visited over there at Ken People. They had Ken People. There was uh, Isham Puckett over there that was Orlean's uh, grandfather. And uh, so they were Ken, and a lot of times people married cousins. So I think John and Orlean probably were third cousins. She would walk from up on the mountain after they moved on the mountain to the store and carry 25, 50 pounds of flour all the way back up the mountain. I'll turn the light on over there, it might help some. Raleigh and Shelby moved that cabin, the little one, down the road to their property, where it sits alongside another salvaged cabin. This one was built by his great-great-grandfather, who was a brother to John Puckett. And I've been out here and stayed all night, slept in the bed there, have a fire going, and just imagined what their life was like and what hardships they went through to raise children. Hardships were plentiful for Orlean and John, in this rugged mountain life. The first child is buried in this corner here. Shelby and Raleigh lead me down the road from their home, closer to the base of the mountain. Carved out from a field of cattle, 
It's a small graveyard surrounded by the mountains. This is this one says Julia Ann Puckett, born 1861. At the back of the cemetery in the far right-hand corner sits a small headstone belonging to Orlean's first child. There are two stories to that. She lived to be seven months old and died of diphtheria. She lived to be two years old and died of diphtheria. But we do know that there was uh, an epidemic of diphtheria in this area in 1863. And so, but there was diphtheria all during the time. But she lived either to be seven months or two years, two years old. What I don't at first realize as I walk up to Julia's grave is a row of unmarked headstones and footstones all the way to the other end of the fence. There are 18 of them. See, I stand here every time I come, I have a chill. Yeah, I mean, I just, you? yeah, I do. At the end of this row is the 20th headstone. This one has a name, John Puckett. The birth date is unclear and no death date is given. And in 1900, she told a visiting minister, C.C. Haymore, that she had just returned from visiting the grave sites of 20 of her children below the mountain. So we assume that they were either born dead, died very soon thereafter, or if she had them, you know, at least they did a burial for them. Orlean is said to have had between 20 and 24 pregnancies. Not a single child survived. And to me, it's just more tangible evidence of what she went through. I mean, you walk, like you said, what's the impact? You walk here and look, and here are 20 babies that a woman has lost, a man has lost. Today, the family believes Orlean may have had a blood protein incompatibility, RH hemolytic disease, that caused the miscarriage or death of her babies, something we can prevent today. But it didn't damper her love for the people and the children around her. This was the last baby that she delivered, and this is the family that she moved across the road and lived with. Back on the Blue Ridge Parkway, the historic cabin features a roadside plaque with a black and white photo of an older Orlean holding an infant on her knee. At some point in her life, Orlean took up the job of local midwife. We, we were fortunate enough that uh, she had nieces still living, and the nieces had walked up and down the mountain with her. So we have been able to hear stories, not from her, because she died in 1939, but her niece lived to be 93, and she would come up and down the mountain with her when they'd walk to the stores. They'd walk with her, and then they'd go back. And if she was going to birth a baby, they might walk down to take her and then to go back. But they said she absolutely loved children, that they all, all the nieces and nephews, the Hawkses, the Puckett kids, would all congregate with Aunt Orlean because she loved, loved children. As the story goes, Orlean first served as a midwife in 1889. A neighbor was about to give birth, and no doctor or midwife was available. What began as a favor to a neighbor turned into a calling. Orlean began traveling around the region, sometimes 20 miles away, to deliver babies. Sometimes she was gone for weeks at a time. Family history says she attended more than 1,000 deliveries, never losing a single mother or baby. That, to me, is the major story about Orlean Puckett, is that 
resilience that a woman would lose 24 babies and have no earthly idea of why she had lost those babies and yet have enough of a generous spirit, a caring spirit, a, a love of children. They said she loved children. Today, that lone cabin on the Blue Ridge Parkway remains to honor her legacy. It's preserved by the National Park Service. While the Puckets say her real home was torn down to make way for the parkway, it was in this cabin, among family, she was to deliver her last babies and take her last breaths. All right, here's John and here's Orlean. Just across the road, Orlean was laid to rest with a simple inscription. The lost to sight to memory dear. In 2012, she was listed as a Virginia Women in History honoree in recognition of her service to the community and her resilience. But the log cabins and the family mysteries are held together by a desire to keep time at bay and a promise to honor the legacy of a proud, strong mountain woman. I think they would love it. I do. I mean, I think they would be very proud that somebody has cared enough that they lived. And somewhere along the way, there's a saying or something, as long as one person remembers you, you're not gone. You know, you're, you are still alive as long as one person can remember you. So we're hoping that we've got enough stuff here that people will be remembering these puckets for a long, long time. <laughs> If you'd like to learn more about the life of Orlean Puckett and her kin, you can visit Shelby and Raleigh's cabins. They sometimes host school children and teach them about old time living and farming in the mountains. You can learn more at WDBJ7.com. On the next episode of Hometown Stories, we're going on a walking tour. It used to be the last straw, which opened in 1973, and it was the second gay bar in Roanoke's history. We're stepping back in time to trace Roanoke's LGBTQ history. And so I feel like that's a story that has never been told but needs to be. Historians, elders, and the new generation are coming together to tell stories of backstreet bars, campfire chats, and welcoming front porches where Roanoke's LGBTQ women have found refuge for decades. It's certainly changed it, it, my life and the lives of many of the women you know, who are involved. It's so important to be there for each other. That's next Wednesday on the Hometown Stories podcast. Stories is a production of WDBJ7 in Roanoke, Virginia. This episode was written and produced by me, Leanna Scacchetti, and edited by Ben Roquelmi. We'll see you next time. Hometown Stories is sponsored by Little Green Hive, because coffee is personal. 
locations in downtown Roanoke, Daleville, and Grandin.